All right, you guys can have a seat. Welcome to Bethel. So good to see everyone this morning. We are officially into December and into the Christmas season. Whoop, whoop. You hear my wife. It is uh, a great season for her. It's, it, to her, it's the most wonderful time of the year. That song is really, really true for her. Um, we love the Christmas season, and we're so excited to celebrate with you. Um, this season. If you are here uh, for the first time, or maybe the first time in a really long time, or it's your uh, maybe second time or third time, and you haven't uh, filled out a connection card, we would love to uh, direct you to our website, mybethel.cc forward slash connect. And if you would just fill that out, the only reason for that is we want to be able to partner with you. We want to be able to connect with you and see how we can better serve you and figure out um, what what is going on in your life so that we can uh, come alongside you and walk with you. Here at Bethel, we love to walk with people. We love uh, the journey that God has all of you on, and we want to be a part of that journey. And so if there's any way that we can partner with you, we want to connect in that way. So if you would, uh, if you're here in the building, go ahead and uh, look at the seat back in front of you. There's a code that you can scan, or there's a number that you can text to fill out that connection card as well, and we want to be able to connect with you this week. Um, I have a lighter here with me, and I'm going to go ahead and light it, and you'll see that it's pretty, pretty insignificant light compared to the other light in the room. But it's only sig- insignificant until you find yourself in total darkness. And so you'll see that as in darkness, this light becomes incredibly bright, incredibly significant. And it was only because of Jesus stepping into our darkness and into a dark world that we could have hope. And as we found ourselves in complete darkness, Jesus stepped in and he lit a light. And along with that light, he brought with him goodness. He brought eternal goodness. He brought eternal love and he brought eternal peace. Let's get started with our series, Manger to Eternity. Well, good morning, everyone. How are we doing this morning? All right. Well, we're in December. It's amazing that uh, we'd make it into December 2021. It's almost over. You looking forward to 2022? Everybody's like, yeah. All right. There's a, still a pad going on or something. You guys hear that? Ooh, we're still in the magical moment. That's going to be amazing. Um, I need to tell you something before we jump into today's message. We're in a new series called Manger to Eternity, and I really, this message is for you, this series is for you to open your mind and think, okay? A lot of times we check our brains at the door, and we don't realize that the faith that we have in Jesus is more than just 
um, just a feeling. There's, there's more to it than that, and so we want to engage our brains this morning. Um, let's jump into today's message. I want to pray first, and then we'll get started, because um, today we need God to give us some divine direction, uh, but we also need to open our minds to um, more of our faith. One of the things that Paul encourages us to do is to take our faith, take salvation, and work it out. And one of the things about working it out is not to work it out so that we can receive it, but work it out so we can understand every aspect of it. And so I think we're going to spend the rest of our lives as far as the way um, in this body, in this flesh, we're going to spend the rest of our lives working out what it means to be a believer, what it means to follow Jesus, what it means to receive his gift of salvation. And so let's pray, and we'll jump into this message, Manger, manger to Eternity. Let's pray. God, we are so thankful for you. Uh, God, we're thankful for your word. God, in your word, we discover not only who you are, but we also discover truths about you that we can learn, and through your Holy Spirit, we can discern and we can discover. Uh, God, there's a lot of gems that are just waiting for us to pick up and to bring into our faith and to, to have some awe about who you are. God, this morning as we open your word, I pray that you would fix our minds, that you would illuminate our minds, and God, that we'd be prepared to receive your word today as we talk about your goodness. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, have you ever... Um, jumped into the middle of a movie. Like when I was a kid, we didn't have the DVRs or the Netflix or anything like that. It was like when you turn on the TV, wherever it was is where you were, right? And uh, we found ourselves in the middle of TV shows, in the middle of movies multiple times, and we were confused because you'd jump into the middle of a scene or the middle of a movie and it's half over, and by the time it's finished, there seems to be some like questions. Like, okay, so why is this person so angry, or why is this person on this rampage, or, or why are these, this couple so mad at each other, and then they fall in love? It's like, you miss the beginning part of it. Have you ever experienced that? So in the day of digital media, it's really easy, because you can just Google, find, uh, get it on demand. Uh, but I made a mistake a couple years ago. Um, if you're not an Avengers fan, I'm sorry. I'm not necessarily like a fanatic, but I at least follow some of it. Um, and I noticed that there was a movie that came out. It's called Endgame. So you can just close your ears for a minute if you're not into that. But Endgame came out, and I was like, oh, everybody's talking about this movie. I'm going to go see it. So Christy had an activity. I was in Missouri. I thought, I'm just going to go see this movie. I sit down on the movie, and people begin disappearing, and Iron Man is lost in space. And I'm like, what is happening? I had never seen Infinity War. I had never seen the one before that. I had never seen the ones before that. And so I came into the middle of a story and was completely lost. I finished the movie, a long movie, finished it, and I just so confused. So what did I do? I went home and I was like, all right, I'm going to fix this. So I went to the one right before it, and I watched it. And I was like, ah, that's not enough. I need to go to the one before that. And I, oh, man, that's not enough. And I'm going to go back all the way till you get back to like Thor uh, or, uh, yeah, Thor Ragnarok or whatever that is. It's like, what in the world? And so I found myself confused because I jumped into the middle of a story that had been progressing for years. And, and here's the truth, and here's the fact about our Christian life. So to apply this, it has nothing to do with Avengers. It has something to do with the way we interact with our faith is that many of us discover Jesus and we discover his love and his hope and what he offers humanity, and it's like we jump into the middle of the story and most of our Christian life we're walking through super confused because we understand a few elements and without investigating and without discovering, without going back to the beginning, without understanding who he is, we could just be lost in the story. And many of us, unfortunately, in our Christian faith are okay with being confused. 
were okay with walking with less information. And what Jesus and the apostles and the people that wrote Scripture from beginning to the end, they're giving us a glimpse and they're inviting us into this process. They're inviting us to this epic story. And if we're just content to be okay with a little bit of information, we're going to be really, our faith is going to be kind of secondary. And we're really not going to understand what God is doing for us. And so today I want us to jump in. And the truth is that we're in the middle of this incredible story and things have been happening and been shaping eternity, and Bethel is a part of that story. Today, in 2021, Bethel is a part of the eternal story of God's love and mercy for us. And at times, it seems really confusing. It seems like as soon as we think we know, we get some other information and things kind of throw us off. But don't worry, God is actually inviting us to ask questions. He's inviting us to open our brains and consider and, and have a little bit of doubt. Can I say that? He invites us to go in and kind of pick apart some of the things that we assumed or the things we've learned. And he's actually inviting us into the story. He's inviting us into his story. It's a total adventure. And as soon as you think you have it figured out, you get some information that changes even some of the assumptions that we've held. So if you're wondering why you're part of the story, I hope that over the next couple weeks, we actually can discover a little bit more about Jesus and we can actually see how this story shapes us and changes us because God, who is eternal, became man and walked in the flesh as a human. And that changes everything. Let's start with Psalms. Psalm 103. Uh, if you have your Bible app, you can go there. It'll be on the screen, obviously, in your, in your scriptures. If you have the hard copy, you can go there. Psalm 103 says this, starting in verse 1. It says, Let all that I am praise the Lord with my whole heart. I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills, me with li he fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like eagles. The Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. All of this life is a pursuit and a praising of God, Jesus, the Father, the Eternal One. And we have this idea in Scripture as we read it that there's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And there's many of us that look at that as something that's kind of separated from us, and we don't understand that God himself became flesh so that we could relate with him. He forgives sins, all those mistakes that I've made in life, the ones that I admit that I've made and the ones I don't admit I've made, he actually forgives those sins. He heals my diseases. These are physical and emotional and spiritual and mental. He fixes the death problem. This is something humanity has been trying to pursue and fix since the beginning of time, and Jesus fixes that. In him, I find all good things, and he fills my life with good things. I am renewed, and he gives me a new position of love and care in his family. And for eternity, I get to figure out how to praise him. We find throughout all of Scripture a God who claims to be good. Now, if you're like me and you've actually read some portions of Scripture, it seems like this God is a vengeful, hateful, violent God. And that's the problem with taking a piece and not understanding the story. A God who claims forgiveness, redemption, and life. So why is it that most of us struggle with the question of the goodness of God? 
Like, why is that sometimes that we go through life and things happen to us and we're like, well, and the, and the first thought is, well, this is life. And then the second thought is, well, God must, must let this happen because he's not very good. And we have to be honest about this. Most of us come to church and we put on our Christian hat and we sing, I ran out of that grave. Yeah, but inside we're dying because we haven't wrestled with Jesus. We haven't wrestled with this identity of a follower of Jesus as a son and daughter of God. Could it be that we really just don't trust the humanity of Jesus? Like we don't really think he understands. Like we remember him being born around this time of the year. It's highlighted a lot. We remember him being born as a human baby, but we can never imagine him and actually imagine him struggling and suffering. Now, yes, he eventually died on the cross, but there must have been something supernatural there for him to get through it. There must have been something extra that he experienced to endure the cross. Maybe he escaped some of the tragedies of life. And I think what happens in the church today is in fighting for the deity and wrestling for the deity of Jesus or his godness, we overlook his humanity. Do we actually acknowledge how incredibly human Jesus was? He was born, he grew, he was tired, he was thirsty, he was hungry, he was physically weak, he actually died. This is all very human. And yet this is the Savior that we serve and worship and are pursuing. In our attempt to tell the Christmas story, we rush past several important points and those elements of the story that make him very human. Now, we all have listened to the story of his birth. We've watched plays, and we'll actually experience it with our kids on the 19th here at Bethel. But what about those human parts that make him very human? Let's look at Luke 2.7. Luke 2.7 says this, She gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him, in snugly, or wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger. There was no lodging available for them. We have a lot of babies here at Bethel. Uh, Pastor Woody at Family Church just had a baby on Wednesday. Um, babies are a part of life. And when you're around babies, yeah, we wrap them up in snuggly clothes, and then what else happens? They cry. They're hungry. They cry. They fill their diapers. They cry. It's like when we have a baby at 3 in the morning, we're not really thinking about Jesus, are we? We're thinking about this crying baby, and we're like, man, Mary must have been lucky because Jesus was perfect. <laughs> then they cry, and they laugh, and they change really, really fast, and they grow. Very human. So don't overlook the true experience of the Son of God as a totally dependent baby. This was a God who chose to be born, to, to experience nine months in the womb of his mother, and to be born into a world that was not safe. Anything could have happened to Jesus. Obviously, God is in control and had a plan, but he was very, very human. It wasn't like he was, you know, I, the little drummer boy, Pastor Ruben, I like this song, and there's a last part up there that the little drummer boy smiled at me and all this stuff, and you can just imagine Jesus there going, good job, man. No. He was a baby that didn't have a clue what was going on. Shut up, drummer boy. I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> then we see the shepherds arrive, and they didn't see a God. They saw a baby. The same one that the angels had told them about. Verse 16, it says, they hurried into the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in a manger. He wasn't up walking around or talking or singing or anything. He was a baby. They saw a baby. Could this really be the Son of God? He actually just looks like a baby. 
Mary and Joseph experienced the normal parent things of being new mom and dad, all of it. He went through all the human events of being a Jewish baby. Look at verse 21. It says, eight days later when the baby was circumcised, youch, that's like part of the Jewish culture, and Jesus himself went under the knife and experienced circumcision. He was named Jesus, so he had a name, and it was given to him by the angel even before he was conceived. He grew like the rest of us. Verse 52 says, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all people. So why does this matter? Why am I bringing this up? Since Jesus was fully human, it actually gives us hope for our future. The first human, Jesus, right now is in the presence of God. He is actively interceding on our behalf in the presence of God. He's the firstborn among many that we are included in, the family of God. He is the one that could actually fulfill all the requirements of God as a human, the only one in history that could do it. So like an older sibling, Jesus has gone first. Like an older sibling, he went when we didn't even know or were conscious about him going and doing. When he took care of all the problems of my then coming into this world and going. He is the firstborn man to be transformed in to be in the presence of God. He's the first one to fully keep his humanity and become eternal. He is, a, he is the God-man. And he's the bridge between humanity and God. And you may say, well, this is just semantics and Bible stuff. This is actually very important because many of us don't ever conquer the life that God has given us or even find our purpose because we think God is, or Jesus is some mystical being out there. He's God. He's divine, obviously. Of course he could do all that. But Jesus was fully human and he fulfilled God's will because he submitted to God's will his whole life. And like a younger sibling, we are weaker. We are less experienced. We're growing and learning and we need his help. We need him to show us the way. Scriptures say that Jesus is in the presence of the Father, and he is our way into the presence of the Father. He sent his Holy Spirit to assure us, help us, and comfort us. We want to look at Romans chapter 8, and I want to read through some verses here as we uh, pick apart this idea that he actually is good because he was fully human. Verse 26 Paul wrote this to the church at Rome, and he was teaching about, in the book of Romans, if you read the book of Romans, he was teaching about sin. He was teaching about our lostness or our need for a Savior. He was teaching about Jesus and his Spirit, and also this part of our eternal story. He was teaching it all, and in this verse 8, or chapter 8, verse 26, he says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. So he understands the human part of it, but a lot of people take this verse and just think this is what the Holy Spirit does. Actually, it says right here, for example... This is one of the ways that he helps. We don't know what God wants, he, what he wants us to pray, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's will. And you're like, well, where's Jesus in those things? Well, Jesus and John uh, was with his disciples, and he said, I gotta go, and I'm gonna send the Spirit. He's better than me because he's gonna live inside. Now, Scripture says the Father, the Son, and the Spirit are one. They're the same. But we have different parts and different functions. Jesus is the relational aspect of humanity that we can identify with. The Spirit is the spiritual connector to the Father. God is good because He actually listens to us. So when you have kids and you talk to your kids, do you know whether they're listening or not? They might be hearing your words, but do you know when they're listening? There's a difference. 
Now, what about you listening to the Father? Do you know when he's listening? Sometimes it feels like hitting the ceiling and nothing's happening. Does that ever happen to you? Well, the Spirit says, it says here that the Spirit actually helps us in our weakness and he connects us to the Father because he is good. He listens. He understands where we're at. He didn't leave us without hope. He didn't leave us without help. So when you're in a moment of crisis and you don't know what to pray, the Spirit prays for us. He intercedes for us because he's connected to us. The Spirit prays. He knows. And interestingly enough, he knows the will of God and he prays for the will of God in our lives. The story that God has written in our lives actually will be accomplished when we are his children. Verse 28, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Simply put, Jesus is good because he works it out. Jesus works all all of it out. Here it says that he is the firstborn among many. You know, all the struggles that you're going through actually are working together for God's purpose. Any pain and difficulty and, and, and the, the consequences of living this life, all of that, God uses it all for good to point to him. All your daily challenges are working out according to God's purpose. And you may not like that because I don't like it sometimes. But it always points us to him. All your failures and all your mistakes are actually covered by his blood. And why is that? It says here that we are his sons and we're his daughters. He placed us into a family along with his son, Jesus. And our position has changed from lost to found, from outcast to son, from cursed to blessed. Only because we're his son. It says that he knew us and he called us to be like his son. This is a positional thing, to be like his son in the family of God. So he's the firstborn and we're his siblings. Verse 30. And having chosen them, this is the people that are chosen of God, these are the sons and daughters of God. It says, he called them to, be, to come to him. And having called them, he gave them the right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. Jesus is good because he takes us to the Father. Jesus is good because it's a progression in our lives to become like himself. And and, 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 and unless we misunderstand, we're not to become Jesus. We're to become like him in position and standing before the Father. Totally accepted. The word chosen is actually the word appointed. The word called is actually invited into this process, justified as a right standing or a declaring of a new position. Glory is actually approval. So when we receive God's glory, it's actually approval of him. It's a condition of dignity. It is the only God in all of creation that would actually see us with dignity in life. And that's what it means to receive his glory. From his birth to his death, Jesus is actually connecting us to the Father. His humanity is important because it brings God into focus. His humanity is important because it shows us that we have hope in our current condition. His humanity is important because we have a person who knows and understands. His humanity is important because his humanity, without his humanity, we would still be disconnected from the Father. Psalm 23, sorry, 103, verse 1 says, Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart I will praise his holy name. 
Let all that I am praise the Lord. I may never forget the good things he has done for me. He forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like eagles. The Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. The bottom line is Jesus is good because he became fully human so that he could fully save us. He became fully human so he could fully save us. So here's the implication. Jesus is working. The first human in history is standing before the Father showing us the way. He did not have to submit himself to human flesh. He chose to do so in order that you and I for eternity could be with the Father. He's there. He's an advocate for you and for me, and he is good. The only thing that we can say is for the rest of our lives, let us sing praise because he is good. It's another thing to say, God is good. It's a wholly different thing to say, man, he's so good because he came to be like me so that I could be like him. Let's pray. God, this morning we are grateful for Jesus. God, we know that he is good. We know that he actually gives us good things. And if the only thing he gave us was a way to the Father, it's enough. And yet he showers us with blessing. He showers us with love. He showers us with peace. And God, we can hope and we can trust him because he came as a baby just like we did. He lived a life that none of us could ever live, and he went first. And he has shown us the way. In John, Jesus himself said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Understanding him and discovering him and figuring him out gives our faith more richness, gives our faith more incredible power that Jesus as a human saves me and showed me how to live. Thank you so much for your goodness, Jesus. Thank you so much for what you did on the cross. This morning as we praise you, we lift you up over everything. As in Psalm 103, it says, I will praise the Lord forever because he is good. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning, let's stand and let's worship together. So Jesus, you can have a seat this morning. Thank you so much. Jesus over everything in the great I am. Here's the, here's the thing. God became flesh and he walks with us. And so there's a couple questions at the end or something to consider um, on the Bible app. And it's just, is there a part of your relationship that is disconnected? So here's what some people tend to do, or this is what many of us tend to do. We tend to approach Jesus just intellectually, um, kind of in our minds. And we say, well, that makes sense. And you can prove that to me. And so I'm good with that. Or there's other of us that say, okay, I had this moment, I had this encounter, so it was really emotional, and then we're okay with the emotional connection. And, and what Jesus, he understands the mind, the body, the spirit, and he wants a all connection. And so if there's a part of you that feels disconnected, uh, just make that right today. Ask God. He's here. He understands in our weakness. He understands exactly what we're feeling. Um, he was man. He understands. Right now, we have our lawyer, our advocate, our attorney right there before the Father in his presence. And uh, so as you think about today, his goodness, he's good because he was man. And so there's a couple announcements I want to give you before we wrap up. First one, Christy, she really misses you guys. If you, if you can tell, the half of my uh, partner is not here. 
Uh, she's home. She's been home for a couple weeks. She's recovering from a surgery for, from skin cancer on her nose. And uh, the doctor said she can't go into crowds. She really thought that he would let her go last week. And he's like, no, you have to do this for a few weeks. And so we have an appointment on Friday, if you'll pray for her, that everything just uh, goes out smoothly. Everything's fine. She's doing okay. Um, so, but she wanted me to tell you that she misses you guys and loves you. And, and I can't wait till she gets back because she's just really good on stage. So I need her by my side. A lot of activities this month, but we always want to remember why we're celebrating this season. Uh, which is Jesus. He became flesh and he dwelt among us. That's an amazing thing. Here at Bethel, we exist to love and lead one another to find and follow Jesus. Appreciate you guys. Have a great day. Take care.